Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. You'll grab your note sheet, grab your copy of God's Word, and turn to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4, we want to continue our Lionhearted series this morning. Um, You know, this series, as we started this series, we talked about that for many, many years, the power of God worked through certain individuals, many individuals in Jerusalem, and not that Israel always got it right. Often they did not. Many times they were disobedient. Many times they were stubborn. But Jerusalem as a whole was a God-recognizing and God-honoring culture. And so sometimes it's easier to be a Christian in Jerusalem than it is in Babylon. But at the end of time after time of God saying, hey, you can't do that. I love you too much. Don't live that way. And the Israelites rebelled and rebelled and were stubborn. God used the nation of Babylon to bring them into captivity. But even even in captivity, God raised up people like Daniel, people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and were reminded that the power of God, the anointing of God, and the favor of God is just as strong and works just as well in Babylon as it does in Jerusalem. And maybe some of you work in Babylon. Maybe some of you go to school in Babylon. Maybe there's somebody that you're the only person in your family that knows Jesus. The rest of your family is not saved, and you have a Babylon family. And but when I say Babylon, I don't mean like the, uh, I'm, I'm mad at them. I simply, Babylon represents a non God-honoring and non-God-respectful culture. But Daniel, the power of God was used in and through him, and so God can use you and and in and through you in every one of those situations. And the way that God did that in Daniel's life was through prayer. Uh, This Friday night is our second Friday night fire. When we did our first one, 300, 400 people, I'm not sure exactly how many people gathered in this auditorium on a Friday night and just said, we are going to go after God for awakening and revival in our families, in our church, in our community, in in our nation. And if God can bring revival through Daniel and Babylon through the power of prayer, God can certainly do that that here. The one comment we got after we did our first Friday night fire was, Pastor, can you do more of those? Do, the, do, like, do those more. So come on Friday night. It is going to be absolutely amazing. Daniel chapter 4. We're going to talk uh, again this morning about Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is an interesting character. So he has, he has his first dream. Remember, and in this dream, it's a dream, and, and he not only wants the interpretation of the dream, he wants people, his wise counsel, his astrologers, his advisors, none, none of them could do it. Finally, God used Daniel to do it. He wants them not only to give him the interpretation of the dream, he wants them to tell him what the dream was. And we talked about what an outlandish request that is. But if we're honest, all of us have that request in our life. We want somebody to not only express things for us, but to explain it. Tell me my dream and tell me what it means. And so God shows up in a powerful way in Nebuchadnezzar's life through Daniel, the interpretation. He He has a God moment. Like he has an amazing miracle moment. And this was Nebuchadnezzar's response. He says, truly... Listen to this, because you got to listen to it carefully. Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets. 
So you say, man, after a power encounter like that, Nebuchadnezzar, I bet he, I bet he got saved. No, he didn't get saved. Here's what happened. He began to have an awareness of God. Notice who he called God. He said, your God. Right? He didn't say my God. He said your God. And so then he has this amazing encounter. We talked about it last week. These three Hebrew children, Pastor Jerry, Pastor Steve, and Pastor John, otherwise known in the Bible as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got thrown in the fire because sometimes when you make a decision to follow God like you've never followed God before, the enemy tries to turn up the heat like he's never turned up the heat before. And they got thrown in the fire, bound, but they walked out free because God will use the very thing that the enemy put against you in your life to get you free in your life and so Nebuchadnezzar see Nebuchadnezzar sees Jesus in the fire Nebuchadnezzar sees the son of God so you say pastor that's it that's when Nebuchadnezzar got saved no he didn't give his life to Jesus then either but this was his response he says blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I make a decree that any people, nation, or language, basically, that don't worship God uh, so w would face punishment. So Nebuchadnezzar recognizes God. He has an awareness of God. He wants other people to serve God, but he doesn't serve God. Do you have any Nebuchadnezzars in your life? People that are stubborn. Pe people in your life that you're, you're looking back and you would say, God... Like God healed you of cancer, how can you not serve God? You had an encounter with God 22 years ago at Brownsville. You were laying on the ground at an altar. How can you not be serving God? Does anybody have anybody like that in their life that they're just like, you've encountered God. You've known God's power. You've walked with God, and yet you refuse to acknowledge God. And yet, in, in this story, in this situation, Old Testament, before Jesus, God doesn't give up on a heathen king. He keeps coming after him. He sends Nebuchadnezzar another dream. And I just want to remind you, if God didn't give up on Nebuchadnezzar 6,000 years ago, he hasn't given up on your son. He hasn't given up on your niece. He hasn't given up on your granddaughter. It's okay. God's still chasing after them. God's, God's bigger than your uncle's stubbornness. God's bigger than your husband's stubbornness. And all the wives, regardless of their spiritual condition, said a good amen this morning. So here's this second dream, and, and this second dream is, is even a little more crazy than the first dream. Nebuchadnezzar dreams of a tree. It's a beautiful tree. It's a large tree. It's a lush tree. All kinds of fruit and birds of the air and animals of the field are finding nourishment, are finding shade. They are blessed because this tree is blessed. But there's a person that comes down out of the heavens, and he chops the tree down, but he leaves the stump. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar can't figure out what's going on so he brings in Daniel Daniel immediately he doesn't Daniel's like walks so in the spirit at this point that he even doesn't have to go back and pray about the interpretation he immediately knows the interpretation he said king I'm gonna be well honest with you he said I wish the interpretation was for your enemies it's not it's about you he said Nebuchadnezzar you're the tree 
You're the tree. God has blessed you. You are fruitful. You are prosperous. Many people are prosperous under your rule and reign of your kingdom, but you haven't given God the glory. And so God, after God is going to chop you down and you're going to live as a wild animal, you're going to eat grass like a cow. The hair on your head is going to grow as long as eagle's feathers. The nails on your fingers are going to grow like bird's claws. King, you're going to, everything is going to be taken away from you, but because God still hasn't given up on you, he's going to give you another chance and restore the kingdom. And so this is what I want to read is the fulfillment of this dream out of God's word this morning. Daniel chapter 4, beginning at verse 28. But all of these things did happen to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as he was taking a walk on the flat of a roof in the royal palace in Babylon, and as he looked out across the city, he said, Look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city. Do you see this is not going to end well? By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. God says, and I paraphrase, oh really? While these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You're no longer the ruler of this kingdom. You'll be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. That would be a great scripture just to plaster on your television set or radio anytime you listen to the news of any kind. To just be, remi- just be reminded when the fear comes in. Just be reminded like, oh, God's not in control anymore. Just be reminded when, no, the Bible, the Bible says the most high rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. And that's true in your life as well. You don't have an authority in your life that God's not in control of that authority. So even if it's a bad authority, your heavenly father is still in control this morning. That same hour, the judgment was fulfilled and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow and was drenched in the dew of heaven. And he lived this way until his hair was as long as eagle's feathers and the nails were like bird's claws. I want you to turn to your neighbor and announce the title of this message this morning. Turn to the person on your right and tell them, don't block your blessing. Turn to the person beside you on the other side and tell them, don't block your blessing. See, we block our blessing when we think, and this is what, this is what I think, I, I, there's, a, there's a spiritual truth of the way God operates, of the way God flows blessing to us that's powerful. And I want to take you behind the scenes of this this morning. That it begins when we recognize that blessing is not a moment, it's a movement. Blessing is not a moment, it's a movement. So let me explain this. If Pastor Marvel were really in tune, like really, really, really in tune with the Spirit, and she brought me a plate of cookies this morning, like she heard from God, and they are this chocolate chip, warm, batch of cookies that she brought to me. And if I say something like, Pastor Marvel, thank you for that blessing. Thank you for, thank you for blessing me. Well, that's, a, that's fine. That's a good blessing. But I'm not operating in the cycle of blessing. I'm operating in what I call the line of blessing. And the line of blessing has two points. There is a reception and consumption of the blessing. 
That's a fine blessing. You are, I'm opening that up, not just to Pastor Marvel, but God may have a word for somebody in this audience this morning that you just want to bring me some food. Like somebody brought us some delicious deer, meat, venison, chili last week, and, and I received that and consumed it. I didn't pass it on to anybody except my immediate family. But, I, and that's what, but can I tell you, that's what we do with most of the blessings in our lives that God gives us. We receive them and we consume them. And that's fine, but if that's your understanding of blessing, you will operate in actually a very shallow and a very limited understanding of the amount of blessing that God wants to give to you and flow through you. Blessing is not a line. Blessing blessing is a cycle. Blessing is a cycle. So let me take you behind the scenes to the creation of the universe because if you want to watch, if you want to have a true understanding of how NASA launches a satellite into outer space. You don't just drive to Cape Canaveral and watch the rocket. That's the wow moment. That's the like, man, that was awesome. But you don't have an understanding of what got the rocket fuel into that rocket. You need somebody to take you behind the scenes and you need an engineer that was there when they started the very beginnings of this. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit is the engineer of this world. The Holy Spirit was there with the Father and the Son when the Father spoke the Word through the Word and created everything. And in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 27, the Holy Spirit gives us that behind-the-scenes glimpse how everything started. This is the behind-the-scenes of Genesis 1 through 3. And the Bible says this, when He, when God established the heavens, and this is the Spirit speaking, He says, I was there. I was there. And so I'm going to give you the secret. When God drew a, what shape did he draw? Drew a circle over the face of the deep. If you want to understand life, if you want to understand blessing, if you want to understand how the spiritual world operates, if you want to understand how the physical world operates, if you want to understand physics, if you want to understand science, if you want to understand medicine, understand, if you want to understand human relationships, understand that everything operates in cycles. It's cycles, it's, it's circles. Look at the way, look at the way we, get, we get rain, right? There's this process, it's a, it's a cycle. We don't, we don't just receive, if we received and consumed rain and that was the end of it, we would be out of water and I don't know how long. But it's a cycle, there was, there's evaporation and then there's condensation and there's uh, precipitation and we've been experiencing the blessing of that cycle in a powerful way this spring and even more so this week into Memorial Day. But if we were to, if we were to, stop that, if we were to block that at any one of the stages, we would block the cycle. Same thing with the, with the seasons, right? As the planets re revolve around the sun, we don't, it's not a linear, you know, fall to spring. It's this, it's this cycle of fall to winter to spring to summer and it's cycles. So if you want to understand this, we have to understand what I'm calling the cycle, the cycle of blessings. So write these things down this morning. I'm going to give you three things, three ways that we can block our blessings. So we can block blessing. We can block the cycle of blessing at three different points. Number one, we can block blessing in our lives by not recognizing that everything is, everything is from God. Like everything is from God. And I know that seems like an obvious statement. And so I think if that were on a true-false quiz this morning at CFA, true or false, everything is from God, most everybody would check true. But then in actual way we operate, I think sometimes we have this uh, idea that there are two categories. 
right? And there's these two categories of the big things, like the really, the really big things, the things that I don't have enough money or talent or pedigree in my life. And if I get that in my life, I recognize that that's from God. But the other things I kind of did myself. And so, and so like the, the second chance that you have this morning because God healed you of a heart attack five years ago, like that was all God. But the cold that you had two weeks ago, you and Dimitab took care of that. Or, or, or the, job, the job that I got. Pastor Doug, I don't have the education for that, really. I didn't, I didn't deserve that job. God is the one that opened the door for that job. But the bonus check that I got last week, I got that because I was there early and I knocked it out of the park on the presentation. Or the college student that says chemistry. Pastor Doug, the fact that I passed chemistry, that was all, that was a miracle of heaven. But English, I got English. Can I tell you this morning, there are not two categories in life. You know what's from God? You know what's from God? The fact that you woke up this morning, that's from God. And the fact that you just took another breath, that's from God. And the fact that you have shoes on your feet and you're going to eat lunch this afternoon, everything. Come on, if you recognize that everything is from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, give him honor and praise and glory in the house this morning. Because when we don't, we will, we will, it will block. We'll block. You can block the cycle of blessing in your life when you don't begin to vocalize and verbalize and stop and pause and recognize that every little thing is from God. But it's not only from God, it's through God. It's through, God, this, this wheel up here. I mean, you just can't think of, help to, but think of a game show, right? So... Lots of game shows with wheels. Any Wheel of Fortune fans out there? Or any uh, Price is Right fans? Price is Right. How many, how many in the Bob Barker era Price is Right fan? Any Drew Carey era uh, Price is Right fan? Again, Bob Barker? Drew, Ca Drew Carey? Bob Barker wins in both services. Probably speech, speaks to the uh, age demographic of those who watch Price is Right more than anything. But I grew up, like I grew up on Price is Right. Like summers at 11 o'clock, that was that was lunchtime. Was in front of the television, and so they would start out. You know, uh, come on down. You're the Absolutely, Rod, Roddy, bellowing it out. And so they'd come down, and you'd have the four people there, and they would bid on the first, the first item up for bids, and it would be like a toaster oven, and you'd have somebody bid, you know, $299, and then the jerk next to them would say $300. <laughs> I am surprised there were not more fist fights on the prices, right? Or like, you know, they bring out a refrigerator and everybody's bidding $3,000. And then the last guy's like, $1, $1. And they get up on stage and there's all, you know, all those games. I love those games. I love Plinko. Remember Plinko? You drop the thing at the, and it goes down through there. Or the, uh, what was the, the, the yodeling guy up the mountain? Remember that one? And then there was high, the high-low game, you know, it was, uh, uh, they're trying to win a bedroom set, 500 higher, 600 lower, 550. I was watching, was watching Prices Right, I was reminiscing the other week ago, and, and this lady was like, uh, 600 lower, 700 lower, 750. I'm like, God bless her, she is not going to win this. 
and it all, but it all got to, it all got to the wheel, right? And then the wheel that had two, three, three contestants, and then the wheel, and then three more contestants, and then the wheel, and they were trying to get to the showcase showdown. Do you remember what happened when they would try to spin the wheel and it didn't make it all the way around? Yeah, they would boo. I know it was some just harsh times on the prices, right? But. And then they, and, and everybody, everybody's favorite prize on the prices, right, was, was the new car, right? If they got the, the new car, they would give away a couple of those. <laughs> this is uh, Alex. He is our youth pastor out at Davidson. And so if, like, he, he's newly engaged, right? This is his first, like, job, job, and he's an awesome man of God. But, like, if, if, he, were to, if he were to win that and, and you receive that blessing, but I started doing some research on these game shows. You know what happened? You know what happens when you win the showcase showdown and you get the boat and you get the car and you get the trip? Guess what else you get? Yeah! <laughs> Taxes. I was reading about one guy who won $57,000. He had $20,000 in taxes. So you know what's after the price is right? It's called Craigslist is after the price is right. That's what often happens is that people win these prizes and they're like, they're like, I can't afford to win. Hello? Hello? And that's what the enemy's trying to tell somebody this morning. The enemy's trying to tell you, you can't afford to win. You can't even accept that promotion because you'll mess it up. You can't accept that marriage that God is trying to bring you, the person that you're supposed to be married to. And you're like, no, I can't accept that because I'll mess that relationship up just like I've messed up every other relationship in my life. And what God would say to you this morning is he's not only going to give you the car, he's got the money for the taxes too. Go ahead and accept the promotion. Go ahead and receive the blessing. Don't let the enemy block your blessing by telling you that you can't afford the blessing. That's what the voice of the enemy will tell you. You can't afford the blessing. But my Bible tells me that Jesus paid it all. See, here's what happens. If we begin to operate the blessing of God in the power of the flesh, we can turn a blessing into a burden. So if young Alex gets a car and he's like suburban, baby, suburban, guess what else after he pays the taxes? He's got to put something in that car. It's called gasoline. I know what Alex makes. I've seen the prices at the pump. I can do basic math. So if Alex gets that blessing, this is going to be the picture of him in a couple of weeks. And that's what happens to us sometimes spiritually. Sometimes we get a blessing from God and we recognize that we could not have got that blessing except through the power of God. But then we try to operate that blessing through the power of the flesh and we end up turning the very thing that God wanted to do in our lives to bless us into a burden. <laughs> this, is, this is a truth. This is true. Uh, after, I had no, y'all, I had no idea, no idea. I just randomly, hey, Philip, get a picture of Alex in that suburban, take a couple of pictures. I walked out of this service, and one of Alex's former youth leaders came up to me, and he said, uh, Doug, do you know that I had to stop near the speedway and pick Alex up because he ran out of gas not too, <laughs> not too long ago? So I had to tell on him. It was, a prof it was prophetic. Alex, you ran out of gas in the power of the Holy Spirit to preach to these people this morning. 
But God wants you to know that the blessing he gave you, he will also empower you through the power of the Holy Spirit to steward that blessing, to steward that job, to steward that relationship, to steward parents. God gave you those children. And at your weakest moment, at the moment when you feel like you have blown it, he wants to remind you this morning that he will also empower you and give you the wisdom to raise those children. Every blessing, every blessing that God gives you, he wants, because if we don't recognize this, we can, because God works in cycles, and if we don't realize that God works in cycles, we'll, we'll block. If we're not thankful, we just put our arm in and we block the blessing. And, and if we're not, if we don't operate and steward things through the power of the Spirit, we block the blessing. And some of, some of us are living back and forth in here. We receive something from God and then it's blocked. And then we receive something else from God and it's blocked. And God wants to unblock that thing in your life this morning and teach you about the cycle of blessing. The second way that you can unblock it in this, in this uh, triangle here, the through God, is by what Pastor Steve talked about earlier. And that's giving. And that's giving. It's not so much that CFA needs your money. It's certainly not that God needs you to give. It's that you need you to give. You need you to give. And that's why we're unashamed in preaching that the Bible teaches that the tithe belongs to God. I'm passionate about teaching that to you this morning. Because if you don't understand that, your blessing gets blocked. And I want you to be blessed. I want you to prosper. I want you to experience everything that God has for you. And then the final way that we can block our blessing this morning is when we fail to realize by not giving all of the glory to God. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.